guys, welcome back to the Well Said Podcast. My name is Andre, and I am back with my wonderful wife, Leah, to talk about following Jesus in an anxious post-Christian culture. And uh, we are excited to finally inaugurate the beginning of summer around here in this household. Yeah, yeah. this rainy, It's warm rainy. Day. It's a different kind of rainy, actually. It hasn't been, has not been bothering me. I've been liking it. It's warm. Yeah. It's the main thing about Washington. If it's warm, we're happy. Right. You know. But I like sunshine too. Yeah. But kids or Gracie's finished school for the year and we're like a there's new, a different vibe. We're in a new location. We removed the desk from the office. We got room. booted from our previous studio by Charlie. <laughs> Charlie has taken over the office and so this is parenting life in a three bedroom house where you just gotta move things around. So the giant desk setup is now in our bedroom which is actually really nice i it's think fine. this is great it's a big room so plenty of space yeah i wonder how the sound will be in here but more echoey probably hmm. uh we want to talk today about church membership and belonging specifically the concept of feeling like you belong i think that's a big thing these days yeah and um and that's you know we you know in our time today we're very introspective like we're all we're all so in tune with our feelings or with how we feel and our vibes you know and yeah. to the point where it's oftentimes uh, very unhealthy mm-hmm. and damaging to us because we're so obsessed with how we feel it actually prevents us from moving forward to getting where we need to be because and here's the paradox oftentimes in order to uh, you know achieve a a healthy state of feeling or healthy emotions are downhill from healthy practice Mm -hmm. right and so oftentimes you have to practice the things that don't feel super good Mm -hmm. in order to get to a better place and specifically when we talk about belonging in the church i guess we want to kind of unpack this simple phrase the paradox in the christian life is that to feel belonging in the community of Christ, in the body of Christ, to feel belonging, you have to oftentimes practice and do things that feel very uncomfortable. And in our mind, this idea of belonging is oftentimes totally incompatible with the feeling of discomfort. Because when I think of I belong, I oftentimes, I always associate with that positive emotions comfort, and positive perfect, comfort. Perfect acceptance, no cha- no challenging emotions, just perfect love and acceptance of all of me. Yeah. So I guess we want to unpack what is true belonging, What how, think... how do we achieve it, and, and why is it that true belonging in the body of Christ often feels so uncomfortable. There's a guy named Brett McCracken. He's a writer for the Gospel Coalition. He has a book called Uncomfortable about this whole concept of like uh, embrace the awkwardness of being in the church mm-hmm. because that's so actually how it's I supposed to be. I think what we can start with is why is church membership important? Why is it, why should Christians be members of a church? Because... Is, is that even a biblical idea? Because what if I find a community that I love and I, I'm consistent there? People know me there. Why do I have to have an official signing of my name on an official membership list? That's Why a great is question. there 
that actually makes people uncomfortable. Like, why do I have to prove? Yeah, why are you guys all committed is this, here? Is this some mini cult? Like, why why do I have to sign my name and make a why promise? Why is there a contract of some kind? Like, this is a church community. Yeah, our church it's a spiritual has a community. Our church has a membership covenant that everybody signs. And not not every church does, but like, why is it important to belong to a church that has membership? First of all, and why should I be a member? Yeah. Of a church, why is that so essential yeah. to my growth? So our little bite-sized theology for the day. Basically, something that many of us young f- folks in our generation are don't understand is that a New Testament picture of the church has a few essential ingredients, right? So just because you got a few people in a house singing worship songs and studying the Bible doesn't make it a church. Doesn't make it a church. Now, it makes it the church in like in sense like you're all part of the church universal, but the church local um, has a few essential ingredients. So first of all, the Bible, the New Testament, you know, Paul specifically in First and Second Timothy talks about elders and deacons. The book of Acts talks about elders and deacons. There's two offices in the New Testament church. Uh, elders slash shepherds slash pastors, it's all one office, mm-hmm. and they care for the souls of the saints. They are the shepherds. They, their job is twofold. The book of Acts, I think chapter two says, uh, we will remain in the ministry of the word and mm-hmm. prayer. So that is, the, that is the ministry of the shepherds. The deacons are like the mercy ministry of the church. They are the hands of the church. The, the deacons serve uh, the needs of the people. They, they, they are the ministry of love of the church. So that's a variety of things, whether it's you know like monetary support, organizational stuff, um, helping people out, all these many, many different... It's a very spiritual ministry, deacon. Mm-hmm. But it's not centered around the teaching and shepherding of, of people mm-hmm. and the teaching of the Word of God. So in the church, you have elders and deacons. You have the practice of the Lord's Supper, uh, communion, and then you have baptism, and you have church membership. So that's five things I just said. Those are ingredients of the local church. Mm-hmm. In order for you to have healthy baptism and um and lord's supper participation because paul talks about in um in in second corinthians that there has to be a way to check ourselves as the local body Mm -hmm. against sin you cannot partake in the lord's supper if you're living in blatant sin so church membership is not an explicit command in the bible it's an implicit assumption that there is some form of community life where we know each other's life we are able to check each other. We're able to direct each other. We're able to challenge each other. And if somebody is in sin, they can be they can be disciplined in mm-hmm. in in, to, in a restorative manner out of their sin. Mm-hmm. You know. And so, if a person part of the church membership uh, part of the church discipline process is is somebody is not responsive to being told, "Hey, bro, you're in sin. You need to repent. You can't do that." Followers of Jesus can't do this stuff. And he says, "No, no, no. I'm I, I'm following Jesus, but I'm doing it my way." Then the then Paul says, "Then you have to, you know." Jesus says in Matthew 18, "Put them out of the church and let him be unto you as a tax collector or a mm-hmm. Gentile." So he's like an outsider. Mm-hmm. So if there is no concept of membership, if there's no concept of those who are part of the church and those who are not part of the church, mm-hmm. that that essential command is impossible to fulfill. Right. So. So you have all these pieces that are essential ingredients in the healthy Christian life. Mm -hmm. And so what we get from that is this simple assumption that as Christians, we live a body life together. That includes some form of accountability. 
it includes some form of being able to tell whether somebody is part of this community or he is not part of this community of mm-hmm. saints specifically. And he is under the watchful eye. Spiritual authority. And the authority of yeah. these people, this this spiritual family, or not. Right. And so when you have churches who have no practice of church membership, there's no way to enforce a healthy participation in communion. Mm-hmm. People could be living in blatant sin and partaking in the Lord's Supper, and there are grave consequences to that. There's no way to have church discipline. There's no way to formally restore people out of their sin. Right. And so there's no way for a healthy growth of sanctification in the church. A lot it's very popular in our in our world right now to have no, you know, you just come as you are, you know, no requirements and uh, and we kind of, it's just this low-key Christianity, but it's actually robbing itself of the riches of body life, mm-hmm. which is fighting sin together. Yeah. So that's why it's important to have church membership. Now, connected to that, that, that includes like a lot of things that if you're just going off your comfort, you're not going to include, right? Um, that includes being putting yourself under these leaders, mm-hmm. putting yourself under these fellow people, these brothers and sisters in Christ, um, and submitting yourself to say, look, I'm trusting you guys to love me and challenge me when I'm in sin. Mm-hmm. And what that's inevitably going to include is that you're going to belong for sure, but you're also going to be challenged. You're not going to be constantly just do my own thing, do whatever I want. Nobody's going to be, nobody's going to be challenging me. You know? But isn't that... So there's another side that I'm just thinking of people who might have a problem with church membership. Couldn't there be and isn't there often a uh, an abuse of this power where you are bringing these spiritually vulnerable people who know maybe a little bit less of the Bible under this authority of these elder people who then dictate their life and say, you can't be doing this and you can be like doing that. Like why can't every person and every family decide for themselves their own spiritual walk and follow the Bible and attend a community where they're fed this truth every week and they worship together with other Christians, but they don't have to submit under this authoritative um, group of men who maybe don't know their life super well. And now I have to listen to you about how to live, live my life and your interpretation of scripture why should I submit and put my entire family under the scrutiny of your leadership if I don't even know if I trust that leadership and I don't know if I fully, you're not a sinless man. Why should I follow your lead? Like, I, I'm following Jesus. Yeah, I th- and I would say, first of all, you're not, when you're a m- member of a church, you're not just submitting yourself to the leadership of the pastors. You're submitting yourself to the leadership of all the people around you, like the whole body. Submitting, uh, Paul says this, and I think it's either Ephesians or Colossians and uh, when he says submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm-hmm. So like it's actually the whole body life of the church is out of submission to one another, um, serving one another and welcoming one another into our lives. It's a deep community. But I think the other part of it is that um, that what you're saying is assuming an abusive authority. Um, but the best kind of authority, biblical authority, is servant authority. It's loving authority. So if you have a group of pastors who are serving and loving and rooted in the word, they're not going to be abusing that power. They're going to be using their power to prop you up and to help grow you out of your struggles and lead you in the way 
of, of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've got a church where you've got people who are abusive and manipulative, then you've got a church where you've got men who are not governed by the word. They're governed by uh, their own imaginations, traditions, ideas. But if you're submitting under a church where there's the community is all under the word, we're all submitted under the word, as we submit to one another, we're also actively submitting ourselves to the word of God. Um, then everyone is a servant to one another and everyone is welcoming each other's uh, perspective to enrich one another. Do you feel like that answers the question? I guess I'm just trying to think through people who have had very negative experiences and moved away from church and membership or left a church where there was poor church membership and poor um, authority yeah administered well and that's painful you can't deny it like when you've been wronged by leaders it is so difficult to reestablish trust like i got that's that's a fact like i can't downplay that but at the same time um you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. like biblical like if you're not gonna if you're not gonna trust authority figures then you have to stop trusting jesus you know because he's the ultimate authority figure and he delegates his authority to church leaders and to fellow christians who are an authority over you that's a fact that that is the key to our flourishing. Yeah. Um, can't, you, can't, you can't escape that. I also think that there's this concept of, you know how people say, like, I, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Or, mm-hmm. oh, everyone's a, like, you know, the Bible teaches on submitting to spiritual authority, biblical authority. If your life doesn't have any spiritual authority over you, if you're not submitting to a church... Um, you're not living the biblical Christian life. So just right. because you it's an may essential have been, element, you may have been hurt, you may have felt excluded, you may have, and you know, there's a place to consider whether you need to find a different church. Maybe it's be it's unbiblical or whatnot. But leaders are not going to be perfect. Pastors are not going to be perfect. They will have weaknesses. They will, you know, offend you sometimes, and that's. You know, with that being said, you still have to obey the Bible and what it says about being part of a community. There's so many excuses. There's so many reasons. Oh, they they abuse their power. They this and that. And I've been offended. I've been hurt. But what are you doing about that? Are you just letting that keep you in this disobedience of I'm not going to be a part of a church. I'm going to determine my own way, my own Christianity, the way I think I should do rather than what the Bible teaches in submitting to a body of believers. Right. And I think, well, and that oftentimes becomes, I think, just a front for not living the uncomfortable Christian life. Like, oh, this experience happened to me, therefore I'm just going to float indefinitely. And the reason you want to hold on to that floating is not because you think it's the most correct thing or whatever. It's just because it's comfortable. It's right. comfortable to be whatever you want and do whatever you want and not have any oversight in your life. Yeah. But it is profoundly unhealthy to be your own individual Christian with your own little clique of friends or whatever or your work people. or like We all seek community. And at the end of the day, the biblical model is that the, the people of God, the new covenant regenerated people of God are your community if you're a Christian and so but here's the very important piece to that that that's that's not some rosy pie in the sky concept Um, it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable to be part of a church I think that 
a healthy church, a healthy church family is going to have elements in it that are going to be, there's going to be profound reward. You know, you're going to be encouraged. You're going to feel like you belong. You're going to have a place that's yours, your people, like so encouraging, so joy and life giving. And yet what you don't see the behind the scenes, the underside of the iceberg is all the hard work that it takes to be giving and living in that community and that you're you're living through a bunch of discomforts for the sake of the greater good of rejoicing among the people of God. Yeah. Building um, the kingdom will require will include you being being challenged in your weaknesses, in your sin, when you are living life on life next to other saints you will sin against them. They will sin against you. You will be offended. You will be challenged and have to work through conflict with saints. Like that is part of our sanctification. If you are cutting that off from yourself because you don't like the discomfort of being sanctified in discipleship, in relationship, you are cutting off one of the biggest blessings that God has built into church life. Like that is not a bad thing to be sanctified, to have conflict, to have disagreement and work through that. Yeah. And not only conflict and disagreement, but I think that um, just the discomfort, the awkwardness of being among people and working hard to build relationships, have conversations, break out of your shell, um, confront your own social discomforts. Um, We are very much, again, because of our cultural, social media, digital environment, we are very much a feelings-oriented culture. And so we tend to evaluate the validity of an experience by the immediate emotional impact, which is totally false. Like you put your effort into an event or showing up somewhere and not a lot of people show up and you're like, ugh, what's the point of that? Like you're evaluating based on immediate circumstances and feelings versus being a convictional person a person who is driven and evaluating life based on prior convictions. Mm -hmm. And one of those convictions is I'm, my life is all about building the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is very often. It's going to look externally unimpressive. Mm -hmm. That is, that is the paradox. That is the, that is the curveball of God's plan in history. Mm -hmm. Uh, So often God's work and God's people and God's methods looked according to human eyes, un, unimpressive. And so you have to learn to be driven by conviction. Like I live my life for Jesus. And that's not just because that does not mean that I'm just, I love Jesus and I read my Bible and got my Jesus stuff. Like it actually means flesh and blood. Right. I live my life for Jesus. That means I am connected to a physical community of people who are following Jesus and uh, I'm there. I'm t- I tied myself in a covenantal way. Uh, I belong to those people, and I'm about what that what those people are doing. And I'm here for the long haul. I'm here for the hard work of building mm-hmm. new ministries. I'm here for the hard work of pr- solving problems together, strategizing, thinking ahead, thinking how do we reach our community? How do we love people better? How do we grow? That's all going to mean showing up early. That's going to mean leaving late. That's going to mean being discouraged by other people who don't show right. up. It's going to mean it's going to cost you something. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It's going to cost you a lot, and that's a good thing. Yeah, that's that's how we cultivate. That is That is the hard work of planting the garden to cultivate a true, deep, spiritual sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. 
you know, to God's people. It is when you do the hard work together. Um, and I think, you know, especially with young people, youth ministry, young adult ministry, young families in our in our world, in our church, like that. I just want to encourage people. <clears throat> I want to encourage people to to not look at the externals, but to be like, guys, like this, Jesus is doing something. Look at our story. Look at the last five years. God is here. He's working. He's doing something. I want to be a person who's coming into this and saying, I'm excited to be here no matter what, no matter who's here. If God brings five people to this event, I'm so excited to be here just to see what God's going to do, to share, to give, and to let him bring about results, you know? Right. We sow in faith. And when we come and join a community and expect to be there for the long haul and do the kingdom work, we show up to serve, to give ourselves. And the joy of that and the benefit is a, is a result, is a fruit. We don't go there to receive the feeling of being part of something. We don't go to church to receive um, that warm, fuzzy feeling of, you know, this is my people, my community, my friendships. That is a byproduct of sowing in faith, of committing yourself. And there is great blessing. There is great joy. But if we come to receive that in the beginning... You will constantly be frustrated and annoyed at people and feel like this is not my church. This is not my community. They don't make me feel like I belong. They don't make me feel good about myself. They make me feel, um, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, the side point to all this, the assumption that you are working to join and live among a healthy church, a church that has healthy values, biblical values. And we have a whole episode, I believe, on what is a healthy church. Mm -hmm. What kind of church do I join, you know? So that's a different conversation. The assumption here is that you're working in a community of people that truly have biblical values and biblical priorities and seeking God in in a way that is outlined in Scripture. But, yeah, you cannot taste the benefits of belonging among the people of God without paying the cost, Mm -hmm. without paying the price. Because part of the benefit is as you lay down your life for others, God works life through your death. Mm -hmm. That's the whole, that's the way of the kingdom. That is the way of Jesus. If you want benefits without cost, that is just not what, how Jesus works. That's just not going to happen. And so I think that you have to consciously confront an inner disposition towards desiring comfort. And you have to, acknowledge the discomfort as an essential ingredient and that also means for those of us who have a lot of friends in the church who are so comfortable and cool and everything's great you have to learn to be breaking out of your little clan and always looking for people who are alone always looking for people who need an extra person to talk to be a person who's seeking out you know and and welcoming in be a person who is using the the joy of friendship to welcome others in rather than just building your little walls of your little clan and your little clique and doing your own thing. Mm-hmm. The church is not made for cliques and that's yeah. a constant battle. I yeah. think we constantly need to work through that because oftentimes people who are in cliques in a church from the outside, they look like they're all prideful. They think they're better than everybody to everybody who's outside the clique. But for everyone inside the clique, they're just a bunch of insecure people mm-hmm. who are hovering, who are huddled up on a little island scared to get in the water Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so it's a very paradoxical situation and it's very misunderstood people who are outside the clique judge those who are inside because they're always think that they think they're better and people who are inside the clique always 
are just insecure and just huddling next to safety. And they're both are avoiding discomfort. Yeah, I think we really need to learn to not assume what other people are thinking. Like, yeah. oh, look at them. They're just standing there having so much fun. They don't want to talk to me. Don't assume things. Just just be friendly. Be open. Yeah. You never know what God can do if you are willing and open-hearted towards people, what kind of friendships he can send your way. I think that's the number one thing. People close themselves off from blessing because they assume those people clearly don't want to talk to me. Those people think I'm weird. They don't like my style. They, they're judging me. And it's like you are projecting these negative thoughts on other people that, that they never had. You are assigning yeah. them, which is wrong. Well, and, and this is hyper-exaggerated in our time because we're all low-key have social phobia in a sense because we're conditioned again like i feel like every single episode comes back to the influence of social media but like it's a fact yeah. it's just a fact like you, we're, if you're using technology and social media you're being conditioned to think about how others evaluate you always yeah. always 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 your mind is always conditioned to be afraid of what other people think yeah. so you have to battle that consciously and be like your social phobias are false. They're lies. They're lies that the, that the devil uses to keep you away from doing good kingdom work. Get over yourself. Learn right. to love people. Learn to be uncomfortable. So I have a quick question then. So if there are people in our communities who have like been engraved into our communities who are part of our community for a long time and we enjoy fellowship and life together, but they are not members, should we be telling them you need to be a member. You're not in a healthy yeah, position. Of course, of course. It's an essential element of the of the normal Christian life. It is not a extra credit element. And it's it, not. It's I also an essential that... element of a healthy Christian life to belong. It. Of course, you're not gonna. You know, I can hear it already. Like, where? What? What? What chapter in the New Testament tells me I have to be a member of a church? There's yeah. no. There's no word called membership in the. But if you read the New Testament, read the whole gist of the new testament the deep underlying assumption in the entire new testament is that christians live in deep belonging and that belonging is expressed in a they know each other's problems and they know how to confront each other's sins and their confrontation of each other's sins and struggles and leads to excommunication or church discipline which means that there is some form of membership already there right. you can't excommunicate somebody who's not part of a community you can't discipline the, somebody who's in sin if yeah and the whole new church. testament talks about church membership and discipline so the underlying assumption is that christians lived in deep community and there was a clear understanding of who was inside that community and who was not inside that community that the concept of membership is vivid in the New Testament. It's there. It's not in in black and white instructions of here's your church membership instructions. But if you look at the practice, the way of life of Christians, they've called it different things over the years. But membership has always existed in Christianity. Yeah, and I think when if you're a person who has been in a community and have not decided to become a member or have put it off, and there are people who are members who are pr like probing you to become a member, Oftentimes, the response is like, well, we're just not sure if this is the church for us. We're still trying to see. But it's like you're benefiting from all the fellowship and all the community parts, but you're not willing to commit. And a lot of people are like, well, all of you are pressuring me to become a member of this church when what, like, it's like, oh, you guys think you're the best church. You think everyone just needs to sign up so your numbers grow. And it's like this recruitment, which yeah. is not true. It's like if not here somewhere else but become a member this is not healthy it's kind of like i mean it's different but 
like a marriage like oh we're in a relationship but why do i need to sign on a piece of paper that yeah. i'm committed to you it's like no it speaks so much more yeah yeah no for sure and i think that that's that's the challenge to easy christianity today where you can show up to a mega church have your nice cushy theater style seats sip your coffee get uplifted and leave and like no one's gonna that, dig around in your life no one's that's, gonna challenge you that's it's it's artificial it's you're not gonna feel that deep sense of belonging you that's why we're a bunch of orphaned christians you know isolated and floating around that's why there's that feeling that's why the church feels so distant and disconnected and like detached it's it's the practice of our christianity that's making us feel this way you know hard work is going to pay off and the holy spirit calls us into this vulnerability this risk to be part of the community to risk yourself risk your humiliation risk your time being wasted for the sake of the kingdom it's a good kind of risk because in that laying down of life is you discover he works new things he works he, he ties bonds between your heart and the hearts of people in ways that you never thought you would right and check your heart that if you have known the sting of some sort of painful bad experience in being church members elsewhere do not let that do not remain in disobedience in a new church where you do like it where you do find biblical value but you are like well we were stung there and i don't want to be hurt again so i'm not gonna become a member that's incorrect and you have to check your heart and work through that yeah and and evaluate the church not every church is the same you know you you may have been abused or or you know betrayed in a different church but like look into the greedy details here Uh, not every church is the same look into the beliefs and practices of leadership look into the beliefs and practices of membership in the church and you realize okay well yeah this church is completely different from that one or find a church that has healthy practices you will see that it won't have the same exact type of problems it's not just like well i got i got hurt there and i can get hurt anywhere and that's just all the same it's it's not quite the same you know you see mm-hmm. one abusive leader doesn't mean all leaders are abusive like right. that abusive leader was in an environment that allowed him to be what he was and you look at the environment of other places and you will see it's not like that there's yeah. plenty of faithful strong fruitful wise christians around you right seek them out at the same time there is sin in every church there are problems in every church if you expect a perfect church you will never find one ever so expect the work of the kingdom to be messy and it will affect you and there will be pain but that does not mean you should not become a member because of that right yeah just if you want to if you want to dig deeper into this subject i'd recommend check out checking out a book called uncomfortable by brett mccracken it's literally on this exact same subject probably you know so brett's always a very thoughtful writer i've really enjoyed him over the years so check that out thank you guys for listening to us let us know what you thought share this with share this with a friend uh, who may benefit from it you think um and check us out on instagram and the website is well-said.org that's kind of the online home of the podcast and the blog Thank you guys so much for listening and we will talk to you again soon.